Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the book of the beginnings as we pick up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we now turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The word Genesis in Hebrew means beginning. And so it is the book of the beginnings. And in Genesis, we find the beginning of the universe, first of all. And then the beginning of the life forms within the universe. The beginning of man. The beginning of sin and death. Then we find the beginning of God's redemptive program by the beginning of a nation. The majority of the book of Genesis has to do with God's redemptive plan by immediately narrowing down in the genealogies to one family from which family all the nations of the world are to be blessed. Now, at various places in the book of Genesis, we will be given a listing of the genealogies of the people that were born and the ages that they lived and all. Let me say at the outset that God did not intend to give us a complete genealogical record of all of the families of the earth. Though Adam and Eve had many sons and daughters, their first two sons were listed because they were significant. Other sons and daughters were not listed. But then there came a son when they were 130 years old whose name was Seth. And he was listed because it was from Seth that we are going to follow a line. Now, Seth had many sons and daughters that are not listed. Only one is listed because that is where the line is going to fall. And so each of them, though they had many sons and daughters, they are not a part of the record because they have nothing to do with the redemptive story of God. We are coming down from Adam on a certain genealogical line to Abraham. And that's the purpose, really, of these genealogical studies to show you the line from Adam on down to Abraham. But many of the sons and daughters, no record, no names, nothing, because they are not important to the story of redemption. Just those families that have to do with the redemption of man are really followed. Some of them are followed just a few generations, such as Cain's, but then it's dropped because they really do not follow down into the redemptive plan of God. So inasmuch as the word Genesis means beginning, it is only appropriate that the book begins with the words, in the beginning, God. When was that? 
How long ago was that? Our minds cannot even fathom or grasp. I can understand that infinity does exist. I surely can't understand infinity. I cannot understand timelessness, eternity. I cannot comprehend space. I can understand that it just goes out there. I can understand that time can go back and there is no beginning. I can understand that time will go out and there is no ending. But to really comprehend it is beyond my capacity, my limited faculties. In the beginning, God. You can't go back any further than that. Now, there are certain people that would like to just eliminate the last word. They really don't want to retain God in their conscience or in their minds because their actions are opposed to what God has declared. And thus the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And the Bible in Romans chapter 1 speaks of them as professing themselves to be wise. They have become fools, changing the glory of an incorruptible God, fashioning their gods like after corruptible beasts and creeping things. And because they did not want to retain God in their minds, God gave them over to minds that were reprobate, void of God. But if I eliminate God, I've got a big problem. In the beginning, what? In the beginning, a mass of gases floating in space. Well, that's not the beginning. Where did the mass of gases come from? Where did the space come from? Now, it seems that ultimately every child will ask you, where did God come from? And for that, we have no adequate answer. He always existed. He is self-existent. He has existed from the beginning. But when I say in the beginning, God, I recognize that the whole universe is not just here by accidental compression of gases and explosions and cooling off and and the forming of planetary systems and a particular planet with special atmospheric conditions and hydrology kind of conditions that have made it possible to support a form of life upon it. It just so happened that the earth was 93 million miles away from the sun. It just so happened that the atmosphere became a combination of uh, nitrogen and oxygen in a just so happened balance of about 79 to 20 with a 1% of variant gases. It just so happened that around the earth there was a blanket of ozone. It just so happened that there was a magnetic force also that is uh, circulating around the earth, also protecting it from the cosmic rays. And it just so happened that there is about a two-third water to one-third uh, land mass ratio. And it just so happened that in that water there was a somehow a fortuitous combination 
of molecules of protein that happen to come together in just the right time at the right place in the right proportions at, under the right pressure and under the right heat and so forth and spontaneously these generated into a first cell. But what is the chance of that just so happening? And if you really go ahead to figure it out, you'll find that the chances are extremely rare indeed. In fact, the chances are so great that it couldn't have happened. Just so. Within the universe, we can clearly see a design. Certainly when we get to the human body, we can see a design as we study the various aspects of the human body, the bloodstream, the nervous system, and all of these apparatuses that God has built in, all the checks and balances and all. They all cry out of design, the fact of design, and you cannot have design without the designer. In the beginning, the designer. In the beginning, God an all-intelligent, all-wise being. And that is much easier for me to comprehend and to believe than it is for me to believe that the whole thing is just a vast series of accidental combinations because the chance of those accidental combinations are too remote. If you really get down to it and you want to study just the first protein molecule, you'll find that the chance factors for just the protein molecule are so great that if they are correct, and of course they keep making the earth older. When I was in school, I was taught the earth was two billion years old. Now the latest discoveries, and they're really not discoveries, they're just necessities that have arisen as they realize more and more how complex life forms are, that they realize that they could not have spontaneously generated in just six billion years, and so now they say the earth is 10 billion years old. And so when I went to school, the earth was two billion years old, now it's 10 billion years old, but <laughs> I really didn't go to school that long ago. But even at 10 billion years, grant them 10 billion years. That isn't enough time for the proper circumstances and the proper conditions and all to accidentally put together the first protein molecule. Even if you were putting these combinations together at the rate of a billion per second, I have a hard, oh, I don't, I have an, it's impossible for me to believe. At one time I thought, well, maybe I am an atheist. And then I, I just couldn't handle that. It was harder not to believe in God than it was to believe in God. If you try to deny the existence of God in the beginning, then you have no basis to start from, and it just, it just leaves you totally without a foundation. In the beginning, 
God. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us when that was, just the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word created is the Hebrew word bara, which speaks of creating something out of nothing, a capacity that only God has. Man cannot borrow. We cannot out of nothing create something. We create with the idea of asa, the Hebrew word asa, which is the assembling together of existing materials. Now the word asa is used in much of the creative acts here in the book of Genesis. The assembling of an order from pre-existing materials. But the existing materials from which the things were assembled were originally created and how long ago, we don't know. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. Now, it is inconsistent with the nature of God to create something without form and void, to create something wasted and desolate. And thus, many Bible scholars see a time gap between verses 1 and 2 of Genesis, a time gap between in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the next verse which declares, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. In Isaiah, the 45th chapter, it declares that God did not create the earth without form and void, but he created it to be inhabited. Now, there are several fields of thought concerning creation. And each one of them has its own peculiar problems. There are arguments for and against each concept. There is what is called theistic evolution, the acknowledging that God began everything but then set it free to evolve. He formed the first protein molecule, but then he let it free to evolve into many forms of life. Acknowledging God in the beginning, but then it is sort of a God who is removed from his creation because now the creation develops on its own evolutionary processes with God's hand having been removed. There is the theory that all of this happened just about between six and 10,000 years ago. And the universe, in actuality, is not any older than 10,000 years. That all of the guesstimates of man for the long period of time are just that, guesstimates of man. They are without proof. They are only theories. And that in reality, the universe is extremely young universe rather than an old universe as would be supposed. That the only reason why the scientists have sought to propound an old universe theory is to harmonize 
with the evolutionary theory which would demand an old universe because surely all of the life forms could not have evolved in a 10,000 year period. And that the fossils, rather than having been laid down over aeons of time, were actually laid down in one great cataclysm, the flood, and that the flood more accurately accounts for the fossil record than aeons of time during the evolutionary processes of the world. It is interesting that as far as we can ascertain, there is not any current fossils being embedded in the strata of the earth. That most of the mammal, uh, most of the mammals and, and leaves and everything else disintegrate and disorganize. That there are not fossils really being formed on the ocean floors. That there is that process of disintegration and incrustation on the ocean floor that takes place, but not the developing of fossils now. So if the ocean is not presently developing a column of fossils, then what were the circumstances that caused it to develop this long column of fossils in the past? Of course, there are trees that grow up through several of the stratas of the fossilized forms. And uh, how could one tree grow up through several millions of years? Uh, if you look at the fossil orders and the stratas in which they exist, it's difficult to explain how that you can have trees that grow up right through several millions of years of these fossil forms. How is it that you have the footprint of a man within the footprint of a dinosaur if the dinosaurs were extinct long before man ever inhabited the earth? There is an interesting new book called Earth in Upheaval by Vilakovsky, which is a great treatise against uniformitarianism, which is the basis of the evolutionary theory. And he points out in this new book, uh, Earth's in Upheaval, how that there is definite evidence of a great cataclysm that has taken place upon the earth that suddenly destroyed masses of animal forms and all kinds of bones mixed together from the various kinds of animals that do not have a natural habitat together, which are naturally enemies, that yet their bones broken and crushed, mixed together in caves in England and in other places, showing that they were thrown in there violently by force and, and were buried in the sand together and that there was some great cataclysm, a testimony against uniformitarianism. Now, basically, the evolutionary thesis is that all of the processes that are going on today have been going on for millions of years so that any of the life forms and all can be understood by the processes today. That there has been a uniformity to the whole cycles of life from 
the time that the planet first cooled sufficiently for the water bodies to be formed and all, and that all things are going on in a uniform way. Well, the book Earth's in Upheaval is just a very powerful demonstration against that particular theory. If you destroy that theory, then you've really destroyed the evolutionary theory, and that's why uh, so many scientists just without really good reason cry out against Emanuel Velikovsky's works, but more and more his works are being tested and proved to be quite accurate indeed. There are those who say that the days of Genesis were geological eras, that the word day, yom, in the Hebrew has a variety of meanings, which indeed is true. It is used some 1,100 times in the Bible, and it's translated 51 different time spans, I think. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Genesis on our next broadcast, as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Genesis 1 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. Oh, may God bless you. And and just fill you with the knowledge and the understanding of himself, that you may come to know him in a deeper, fuller, richer way, that your life this week might just be enriched in all things in Jesus Christ, and growing up in him to maturity, you might come into that measure of the stature of the fullness of the image of Christ as God by his Spirit restores that which was lost because of the fall. So God bless you in your walk and in your relationship with Him this week. May it get better than it ever was before. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For those who like to read books electronically on their mobile devices, you can now download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith's books to your Kindle reader or any mobile device such as your cell phone. What a blessing to be able to have these resources with you at all times, especially when you're in a place to minister to another person. If you read ebooks, then you know the advantage of being able to search, find, and minister within seconds. And with all of Pastor Chuck and Kay's insights into biblical wisdom, 
This is a great opportunity to be able to gain from their book so you can share the good news with others. If you would like more information on how to download Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks, you can call the Word for Today customer service department at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks online, visit thewordfortoday.org. Again, that's thewordfortoday.org.